Uh, all right. Next on Lockdown Maps, free agency and trades and the draft and anything else. Anything else but about tonight's game. We'll break down game four coming up now on Lockdown Maps. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. don't believe you shouldn't be here <sighs> and well, welcome uh, <laughs> you got a sound you got a soundboard just for this okay do you not have any sad i do want to say something right off the bat today you're listening to even- this on, Mon- on monday uh it's memorial day and uh, i just want to say uh, thank you um just everyone who uh, has served and is currently serving, uh, but more importantly, we uh, we take a little bit of time to just remember uh, everyone who has sacrificed for our freedoms here uh, in America listening uh, to this podcast so we can do things like talk about sports on a microphone and uh, just know that uh, families out there, if you're listening to this and you uh, lost someone who's serving our country, man, uh, just uh, hats off to you. Much respect. And, uh, yeah, praying, uh, just for you guys and everyone serving right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. The same exact thoughts. Uh, I'm Nick Angstead, host of Lockdown Mavericks. <laughs> you are locked out of the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And joining me as always, my co-host contributor at Mavs.com. The game for fiend, the one more thing, King Isaac Harris, what you got for me? So I texted somebody before the game where somebody uh, from church texted and was like, all right, what, what's our predictions for the night? And I was like, I couldn't land on one, but I landed on one uh, theory or at least one thought. I was like, I think it's a blowout, but either way, I was like, I think it honestly, as I could see a Clippers blowout, they just come in and do exactly what they did tonight. I said, or I could see like that Clippers game being a one-off game that kind of did everything right in game three and Dallas comes back, kind of rides the ship, and they they win by like 20. And I, I thought it would be a blowout. Unfortunately, <laughs> option one came true, and it's kind of like this perfect melting pot uh, mixture of things that went wrong for Dallas tonight. Melting pot of mixtures that went wrong for Dallas is a great way to put it. We'll break down the Dallas Mavericks 106 to 81. Hmm. The Mavericks scored as many points as Kobe Bryant scored in one game by himself in this playoff game. Like, we'll break down that loss for the Dallas Mavericks. Series is tied 2-2. Two two. After game three, I said the series starts now. And if this is how game one of this series is going to go, it's not looking good. But Mavericks still won two games against this team. There's a lot of there's a lot of things to be hopeful for. There's a couple of people who tweeted us and said, you know, I can't wait to listen to Lockdown Mavs because you guys will at least give us a little bit of hope. We'll give you all the crap too. Like we'll tell you all the stuff that went wrong in this game for sure. But we'll also I'll be a little bit more honest today. I'm just I'm just gonna be straight up real. Some of you, y'all we'll find know some that. hope though. We'll find hope, but there's a a couple things. Yes, I ride the line uh, pretty well. I feel like of being a Mavs.com guy and also uh, not a Mavs.com guy I'm doing this pod. So tonight uh, I will be a little bit more honest. <laughs> yeah yeah you're not a full-time maps.com so you don't have to go full you don't have to go exactly full exactly media person but uh let's just start with what went wrong for the dallas Mavericks. i mean start 
the Dallas Mavericks had their worst off. Like I'm looking at the camera. I'm I'm going full like head like uh talking head like the office whatever. <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks had their worst offensive game all season. In game four, the worst, absolute wow. worst. Like their offensive rating has not been worse than that in this. They shot 16% from three. That that does not, I mean, that doesn't happen often. Luca just was completely like blanked at the line. I mean, we've known his struggles, but he shoots at least over 50%, right? Like yeah. just so many things went wrong for this Dallas Mavericks team. Uh, I'm going to show you just the offensive ratings for Dallas against the Clippers in mm. general. Please do. The in the regular season, the first game, the one that Mavericks won by 50, 148.6. And then the second regular season game, 107, then 111, still over well over 100, a, a good to to pretty good offensive rating. Then game 1 of this series, the Mavs offensive rating was 129. It was also 129 in game 2. So, it, an elite elite offense in game 1 and 2. Game 3, 124 still an elite elite offense for the Mavericks in the first three games game four the Mavericks offensive rating points scored per 100 possessions 84.8 it's not good their worst offensive rating of the season like of the season think about all the bad losses this Mavericks team has had this season OKC loss the Houston loss uh, there's a bunch of other losses you can point out. Some of those, you know, jazz losses. Like there's just been some really bad losses and this was the worst offensive one. Now, if you want to take it the other direction, the Mavericks defense was actually better in this game. <laughs> it was the best defensive rating the Mavericks have had all season. Uh, and some of that was maybe just the Clippers didn't have to push as hard, but their defensive rating in this game was 113.9. The other games that had been 121, 124, 136, the Mavs defensive rating. So, like, the Mavericks defense was kind of, I guess, a little bit better. Maybe this this number is more about what the Clippers did on offense. But the Mavericks offense, if they had showed up even a little bit, like, even if they showed up 50% of what they normally are, they would have won this game. <laughs> but, no, they, but they didn't at all. And so, at least looking at the, the big picture of this game, that's what really stood out to me is that the Mavericks offense was the worst all season. Yeah, that's it, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, what man, was, I, but what was bad about it? I mean, we can go through individually. Well, yeah. I mean, the, Tim Hardaway, after the first <laughs> – let's just have a Tim Hardaway talk. Tim Hardaway, after the first two games, there were uh, tweets about him. There were tweets from other players. I think CJ McCollum tweeted, says, Tim Hardaway Jr. is about to get paid. Yep. All caps. We talked about um, on this podcast as far as like upcoming free agents, like who's the guy who's like making money in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, Tim was the prime like example of that. He made, yeah, those first two games, like this is incredible. Outplaying Paul George, like let's go. He did. Well, if you could regress. Uh, in two in the next two games, Tim Hardaway is the example of that because not only has he not shot the ball well the past two games, he's one of eight tonight, zero of four from the field, only four points, a minus seven in the game. But they were they were targeting him on defense almost the same as like KP. I mean, they were just they were finding him, yep. going after him. He was just nothing. Like he was absolutely nothing on defense. And when Kawhi or anybody had him, I mean. 
yeah, we I, we were up there kind of like, like, yep, Tim again, Tim again. And the, in the media, it's like they found Tim again. Terrence Mann just pushing him out of the way for a rebound. Yep. Like, whoever it was, they were just targeting Tim Hardaway. And when you have someone like Christoph Porzingis, who is definitely struggling defensively, that's an understatement. On the floor with Tim Hardaway Jr., like then you have two people that opposing teams are just targeting and can go out and defensively, it's just a mismatch every time for the opposing team. That's that's when you have an issue. And tonight, I mean, honestly, these past two games, it's like, and the whole thing with Tim being out there is for his offense. And you're like, all right, we all, it's not like this is like brand new information of him being bad at defense. We, we know this, like, we know this. Uh, just because you take charge as well doesn't mean you play defense well. Right. That's but the when, only good thing he's done on defense this yes, season. Yes, <laughs> but when you're not hitting, then it just it shines a brighter light on it even more. Right. And right. it was just right. it was taking some yeah weeks off my life watching play defense. Uh, yeah, that was one of the big changes the Clippers made. There's a couple other adjustments they made. We'll talk about the starting five. We'll talk about some of the uh, offensive decisions that they made. We'll get into that. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us sometime this week. Maybe maybe before game four or game, or maybe before game five. We'll see. Uh, Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. We'll get into all that and talk about it. But before we do, let's also talk about Indeed. If you're the hiring expert for your company, what you really need is help making your life easier and to help make a short list of quality candidates. You need to make your decision go from 1,000 candidates to 10 candidates or 100 candidates to four candidates. That's the way that'll make it easier for you. And Indeed does that. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent easy and fast with tools like Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately. According to Talentness, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all the job sites combined. Four times. Four times. That's like what the Clippers shot better than the Mavericks in game four from three. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 job credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Also want to tell you about Built Bar. One of the best ways to get over a terrible, terrible loss for the Dallas Mavericks is to have a Built Bar. Go get one. Go I get one tonight. It's a game. Isaac, which which flavor do you have? Oh, you already know it. Coconut brownie chunk. The coconut brownie chunk ones, man. I only got four left, and so I'm rationing them now. Now mm. I'm I'm diving into the raspberry, the cherry barcia, the mint brownie. Put them in the fridge. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Protein bar tastes like a candy bar. By the way, that mint brownie, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar in a bar that tastes just like a candy bar. You can carry it around with you. Isaac took it to the game. It's a great way to do that. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order. I've used it many times. Go use it and get some more Built Bars today. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into the rest of this game. So, we mentioned the one big change the Clippers did. And to be honest, I'm surprised it took them to game four to do this. Is, is yeah. attacking Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah that negligence. Uh, well, the other, the other change also, they, they took them too long to make this change too, that we'll talk about. But attacking Tim Hardaway Jr. was one of the big changes they made. And it was just, it was brutal to watch. Like, it was just absolutely brutal. Like, Tim Hardaway Jr. is fine if he's going to be your fifth best defender on the floor. Which mm-hmm. in the starting lineup he normally is, right? Luca is better than him. Dorian and Maxi should be better. Porzingis should be better. Some 
at this at this point, I don't know what the order is anymore, <laughs> especially in the series, especially for what they're supposed to be. But Tim really, really struggled, and I was surprised it took the Clippers till this long to start attacking him. The other yeah, thing well, that goes along with that is it's wild to see how different this Clippers team looks from game one and two to this game. Right, like even game three, yeah. they, I don't think they looked as good as they did in this game. But it's wild to see in the playoffs. It's not always the Clippers are this, and so they will always be this, right? In the like in a playoff series, you can your team can change to the point where you make drastic changes, like you make pretty big changes. Guys just don't play anymore. Ibaka, you're kind of hurt. All right, stay in LA. Doesn't matter. Patrick Beverly, you're not bit really effective. You're completely out, right? Like the teams change so drastically because it's do or die in some of these games, and so. It's wild to see how different this Clippers team looks in game one and two when we were all excited and, <laughs> and happy to yeah. now when we're you know, frustrated and looking at a, a really, really bad loss. Well, they're getting more comfortable. I guess the thing, um, you know, set with you know, John uh, Charks, you know, we just took in the game again tonight and we were just going back and forth in the game. And he just looked at me. He's like, they're, they're like Paul George and Kawhi. They're just too comfortable. They're yeah. too comfortable with Dorian and Maxi now. It's like Dorian and Maxi, they're like they're doing the best they can can, but they're just used to them. Like the first two games, it's kind of like Kawhi and Paul George getting used to to them. And now like Paul they George know knows all their how, moves. They he knows everything Dorian's gonna do. So that's what that was one of the which I mean we can touch on a later segment. I thought Rick got out coached tonight and just the adjustments on it. it's like at some point, like I love Dorian and I love Maxi, but at some point when, when players figure the other guys out and this goes for other good defenders across the league too, at some point, if they're getting torched like that and they just, ha- they're in their bag and they know everything that the defender's going to do, just switch up something like something, throw Josh at Paul George, throw Dorian at Kawhi. Like I know Either Kawhi's going to, <laughs> either Josh I I know Kawhi you know is gonna like you know kind of beast Dorian down low but at least try something else different whenever he's used he knows exactly what Maxi can do now Dorian I like saying that Paul George so switch up some of those matchups that's that's what I kept on waiting on but yeah Tim's the Tim's the target and that's the thing that kind of goes against what a lot of us have been trying to predict when's Dallas gonna go small even if they go small Tim's probably gonna be in that lineup and then he immediately becomes the target so it's just the question is, will Dallas ever go small? And the thing is, the Mavericks, if they are playing offense at the level they've been playing, I mentioned all those offensive ratings against this. If they're, if they're scoring 120 points per per 100 possessions, their defense doesn't matter as much. And so you can get away with some of those guys getting cooked a little bit. Uh, but it, their offense just didn't stand up to it. So at, at that point, you're like, all right, well, what do we do? Also, Rick Carlisle spent a lot of time talking about defense at the end of at, at, in the presser after the, the game. Camp? And I was I was really confused by that. I was confused why he didn't like bring up the offense because it was one of the worst that we've seen. Uh, I found that really interesting. But th- so your point about make a change—that's that's one of the biggest things I saw on Twitter—is just switch them up, put Dorian on Kawhi, and put you know put Josh Richardson on on Paul George or something. The reason Some- why they don't put Dorian on Kawhi, and, and this is why Rick Carlisle is kind of at least defensively in an impossible situation because. Kawhi bullies Dorian Finney-Smith. Anytime he has ever guarded him, pushes him. Like Mar- Marcus Morris did it at the end of, I think, the second quarter or the first quarter. Just he, he was in the left corner. Dorian was guarding him. And Marcus Morris just puts out his puts out his arm, kind of like you know the, the wing kind of arm, but he doesn't push off, so it's not a push-off foul. He just puts his arm off and just pushes him with his body all the way to the basket and hits a layup. 
And that possession right there is why Kawhi, like Dorian can't guard Kawhi. He would just push yeah, but, him to the basket. At least try it though. Like what, what is Maxi doing to where you're saying, all right, let's do it. Like uh, that's, that's the thing. At least swap them. Like at least try Dorian on Kawhi to give Kawhi a different look from someone. I'm just saying I, it's, I it's an impossible ball, situation yeah. for, for Rick because if he, if he takes Maxi off, at least Maxi is strong enough that Kawhi can't just push him to the rim. He at least yeah. has to take the jumpers. Now he's making all the jumpers, so yes, it doesn't really matter at this point. But with Dorian, he'll just push him to the rim. He's done it before. With Paul George, you can't put Maxi on Paul George because Paul George is way quicker. He'll just go around him. Paul George with his crossover. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. That's why you got to try Josh on him. You got to try Josh Richardson, I think. Uh, and we haven't seen that a lot in this in this series, which I was kind of surprised yeah. by because there was all that stuff pre-game we, pre pre-series we talked about with you know. Paul George has been fined two times since 2019, and both of them were after games that Josh Richardson guarded him, and apparently that means nothing. So, uh, But, yeah, that's the reason why there has to be some kind of change, though, because you're right. It's just become stale at this point. Yes, and the other, that, the other, the other thing is, this is just a roster problem. We knew this. This is not something we didn't know, right? The Mavericks were able to win those first two games based on their offense alone. It was not about the defense uh, at all in those first two because the defense just wasn't good in those first two games anyway. And the Mavericks don't have rim protection. Paul George is right. Yeah. Well, Porzingis it, has regressed so much as a defender that yeah. it just it completely changes anything that the like the Mavericks can't be competent defensively unless he's a good rim protector and he's just not even a good one at this point yeah you know i love seeing coaches and just the adjustments and the battle between coaches i even texted you in the first quarter i was like these coaches moves right now oh Uh, so fun i want to break them all down but yeah yeah, they're they're just playing chess and you know it's like those first two games of the series happen dallas you know does their thing and we're waiting. We're roasting Ty Lue. And it's like, when are you going to make a change, bro? Like, when are you doing it? He slowly starts to take Zubats out of the you know rotation. Pat Beverly's gone <laughs> mostly, and then it's like, okay, now you take Zubats out. Now it's ready for, and even after game three, now it's ready for Dallas's card to play. What's Dallas's move? And we said on this podcast, we're like, Dallas is going to go small. You have to like, you're going to entertain the KP stuff in the fourth quarter. You got to go small. And they didn't. He didn't go small. Like that. That's what I was like waiting for, and it all. never happened. Not, not only all. did they not go small, but they went big and said, "Hey, let's do the Bobon experience." Which we we can talk about that just in a second. But it's like the Clippers started off tonight saying, "We're not even going to mess around with this. Like we're not even going to spot start Zubats. We're going to start Batum. We're going to met like we're going straight into this. We don't got time to play around with all the crap and all these like dumb lineups." And Batum, by the way. Went two of six from three tonight. You know what else is two of six? 2.6 carbs. That's today on the road to the vinyls. Our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. And I thought Batum had an actually decent role in this game. And after the game, he even talked about he even talked about playing the Draymond Green Boris Diaw role role for the Clippers. And that, I mean, he's honestly playing it pretty well right now. That was beautiful. That was, that was the most beautiful thing that you've ever done on this pod. The Clippers did what the Warriors did, right? The, when the Warriors yeah. went small and put Andre Iguodala instead of Bogut, they were like, all right, we're not messing around. We're, we're starting the death lineup. Like, we're starting our lineup that yeah. works the best. And we're not messing around at all because why do the the – the frivolities or the casualties of like, oh, we got to start Porzingis because of blah, blah, blah. 
All right. Coming up, we're going to get into them, the Mavericks trying to get Porzingis going early. We're going to get into the starting lineup change, which we already kind of talked about a little bit, and then a couple other changes and what the Mavericks can do and what was hopeful about this game. We'll get into that a little bit and talk about that soon. But before we do, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. There's a lot of sports action going on right now. There's MLB, there's NBA games every night, there's NHL. All kinds of stuff. Let's see if they have the Dallas Mavericks and Clippers. They do not at this point, but there's a bunch of games you can put money down on. Uh, Sixers, eight and a half point favor over the the Wizards. I don't know about that one. I feel just like an end, like one, two, three Cancun for the Wizards on that one. Yeah. That's game four, right? Uh, The Jazz, five and a half point favor over the Memphis Grizzlies on Monday. Interesting one there. The Grizzlies and Jazz, they've actually played some pretty close games, but then at the end, you kind of get a 10 point advantage on either side portland is a one and a half point underdog against the the nuggets that's been a fun series that one's on tuesday go check that one out if you feel really strongly about either of these series and you want to put some money down use the promo code locked on and get a 50 percent welcome bonus to your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts i want to dig into the offense and i want to dig into why it was so incredibly bad in this game uh first of all luka Doncic is hurt yeah. He may he may 100%. have 100%. This isn't a LeBron crap thing. This he is 100% hurt. <laughs> and I I know that we hate the oh you guys are just using the excuse that Luka is hurt and he's setting up the narrative like the whole it's like that's what Isaac means. Yeah. That's what Isaac means by the LeBron crap is you set up the narrative of oh he's hurt so you don't hold it against him as much. You know the 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 what was it the little splint on his wrist and like he came out and he broke his hand after the finals but Luka is actually hurt and he was questionable before the game, and he ended up playing, and he's going to play through everything. People were upset that he was playing at the end of the game. Luka's just going to keep playing, man. You're not going to tell that guy to sit down. And fans came, and they want to see Luka, and so I think that that's the reason why he was playing at the end of the game, for because he wanted to play and because fans wanted him to play. Yeah, uh, try to tell Luka that you're going to sit. Like, hey, Luka, you're going to sit down and not play the whole fourth quarter. And- and there's a lot of psychological things with that, too, that I don't think you can just sit Luke at the end. It, Of course, of course, of course, of course. It's not the smart thing to do, right? Like, injury-wise, it's not the smart thing to do to put him out there and put KP out there to risk injury at the end of a pointless, you know, fourth quarter where they're not going to make a comeback. But psychologically, it just says, we're quitting, we're done, it's over. And then all of a sudden, it gets into guys' heads, and you're like, okay, well, then the series is over or, or whatever. And so there's all kinds of different ways that, the mind can go with that. And so I think it's just, it's another, it's another move. I don't think you can do, but anyway, Luca, 19 points, nine of 24 from the field. One of seven from three missed all five of his free throws. And two, two sets of them were, were over two at the line. Just absolutely brutal from him. Uh, six rebounds, six assists. Another thing to watch out for. He played 36 minutes. The Clippers have played him in a, d- a bunch of different ways. And one of those is to try and take away every pass. Try and take away every pass and make him a mm-hmm. scorer. In this game, he couldn't score. And he also, all the passing lanes were taken away because the Clippers' defense was ratcheted up, man. They had their they had their rotations yeah. down, I thought, in this game. And it was night and day different. Just from the opening, like, first couple minutes, I think I tweeted this exact phrase. Their defense is night and day different. And maybe it's because it's self-corrected because they – took out Zubats and they put in Batum. So they had an all small lineup. They had all guys that can just switch on everybody. They're not worried about, okay, well, can I switch on that guy? Can I switch on this guy is, you know, all that kind of stuff. They're not worried about that. And they're just straight up freely switching. 
And so that's that was their change they made. And so their defense was just completely better. All the all the rotations were, were clear, and then Luca didn't have a bunch of passing lanes to open shooters. There's not a ton of open shots in this game, I thought, no. for the Mavericks. No, they they're they're incre- they've adjusted so well defensively and offensively. I think their ball movement was incredible tonight yeah. too. But going back to Luca, Luca is 100% hurt. I watched this guy in so many timeouts tonight of just the, I mean, hands on the knees, talking to the coaching staff, the massive wrap they would wrap him up in every time. They were doing that him, in game three, too. Him getting looked at constantly. I just watched him so much in the game of just during free throws. I mean, you can just tell he's just holding it, looking. And, yeah, the, for sure, 100% hurt. It's just He's just going to do whatever he can to be out there. And he has a pinched nerve. He may, or he may, um, allegedly, 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 allegedly. He has a, allegedly has a pinched nerve. It's called, a, they're calling it a cervical strain. But our our resident Twitter doctor, Dr. Brian, uh, I was going back and forth with him on DMs and he says, that sounds a lot like what they call a pinched nerve. Uh, and that's no joke. Like that's not something to, that's not something to mess around with. But Luca's going to continue to play through it. That means every single pass, every single shot is pain. And that throws you off. That throws you off well, your the, rhythm. The, the turning and looking thing, the same thing Rick Carlisle said in his post-game media session tonight. It was the same thing I'd heard during the game. And it's just like, I mean, it affects everything. And, you know, Rick said it after the game. He said a, a cerebral player like Luca, who's played his whole life, you know, just with his head on a swivel. Yep. You know, when you can't turn or when you do have to turn to one side, you're having to turn your entire body. Your head can't turn. It, it does change the way you play. It, it's not an excuse. I'm, we're not trying to, it's not an excuse right now. I'm just telling you exactly what is like, what is going on with Luca right now and what he is playing through. It, it's affecting him. So, I mean, it's, and it's, it's on his left shoulder. It's not his shooting shoulder. So, you know, take that as, as you will. Yeah. He also did hit some wild shots in this game. In this game yeah. He even, can still shoot. Even so with that's, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he just, he decided to have his worst offensive game of the year, maybe. And then also, uh, everyone else on the team did too. But I want to talk about the offense a little bit in the sense that the Mavericks really tried to get KP going early in this game. Uh, yeah. Before before the game, I tweeted out, is this KP's, the biggest game of KP's career? Because it felt like if he went into this game, the Mavericks lost, and he had another stinker, just uh, the same as game three, then all of a sudden just irredeemable with Mavs fans, right? Like just Mavs fans, and for whatever that means, like they would just completely turn on him and he may never get the fan base back. <laughs> right? Like if he had another game like that, because first play, they ran another, they ran a play for Porzingis, kind of the same play. They run almost the start of every game that run KP around a little screen. He takes a little jumper inside the paint. Second play KP on the block. Paul George is guarding him, turned around, hit a jumper on him. Third play, Luka tries to force it inside KP, who's getting pretty low position. I think Reggie Jackson ended up on him, and they turned it over. Uh, First three plays of the game, they tried to get it to Porzingis. What did you think about starting him early? Does that affect the offense? Is it good for the offense? Do you think that that's what they should do? What's your thoughts on the KP offense? Yeah, well, normally it's, it's Tim or KP. It's, you know, Outside of game, I guess it was game three when Luca was going off. Normally, it's not. It hasn't been Luca going for a shot early. Yeah. Luca tries to do the LeBron thing, what LeBron used to do a lot of times. I guess he still does. But about not for, being healthy ever again, or well, I don't for his entire career. Luca just, I think the neck thing. Maybe if he saw three rims, he just aimed for the middle no, one. See, that's not a good joke. Instead, think think the you know good man above that. But you know, trying to get the other guys involved, I thought it was a perfect game plan at the beginning. Say, hey. 
Porzingis been struggling. Let's get him the ball early. And it worked. You know, he had those first couple of baskets. The whole arena was just going nuts for him. I'm like, let's go. This is exactly what he needed, right? Confidence. Fans are behind him. This is awesome. Mavs got and, their largest lead of the game then. After he hit those first two shots, that was their largest lead. <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> it's true. But, you know, yeah. I mean, the Clippers started small. They started Batum out there, and slowly their defense picked up. And then, bam, the the – the card that I you could have told me a million times or said, hey, guess what Rick's going to do tonight? And I can't explain to you the look that Charks and I looked at each other when Boban <laughs> got off the bench and we're like, what? what? And to, and I'm like, I literally said, hey, for the arena's sake, that's cool. Because honestly, the arena started shaking. It was so <laughs> loud when Boban got up and started checking the game. I'm like, hey, just for the fan aspect of this, this is amazing because, you know, the Clippers had went up a little bit and Boban came in. It was fun. He looked like he was playing against like a YMCA team. He scored and the place went nuts. But that can't be your only card. No, like, that can't be your. It, it was a fun gimmick. Back. Like it was a fun thing for a little bit. I was just shocked that that was the main adjustment that Rick had. And I, I mean, being honest, like Rick has to adjust more. He got out coached tonight and he has to make some other changes in this or else this series is going to stay the same and they're going to lose two more games if there's no adjustments. The other thing is the Mavericks didn't take the same amount of threes they normally take. They took 30 in this game, right? Like they're normally, they're average like 40. <laughs> yeah. Well, they hit two. No, five, five five pretty close <laughs> pretty close to that but yeah so it's just a very strange offensive game for the Mavericks uh nobody was was on but but starting with Porzingis and Porzingis only played 28 minutes which is kind of strange uh considering you know what but they were trying to go through him they were trying to play through him he finished with 18 points he was a minus 20 21 for the game his defense is a completely different conversation he just he he looks so lost on every possession, like every defensive possession. Yeah. Lost on where to help, lost on where to where his man is. Like there was one time he was under the rim with Zubots, and Zubots put the ball up and missed it. And Cape and then KP was trying to go for the rebound and he landed, and then Zubots landed at the same time, and then he didn't contest when he dunked it. Like it was just yeah. it's so confusing to me to watch him play defense, especially since he was known for defense in L in New York. That was the thing that Knicks fans were most excited about is his defense. They were like, his offense is pretty good. And yeah, he's called the unicorn because of his offense, but he was the unicorn because he could block shots on one end and hit threes on the other. Right. It, it wasn't it just because of his offense. Me, it honestly kind of reminds me of, of like Dirk and some of his like last years. I, I mean, I'm just being oh, watching him on defense. I yeah. know. It, it, I mean, it does it. And he's just, he's lost a lot of the mo mobility on it. And honestly, it goes back to what he said this earlier in the season when he was first like coming back and getting off the injury, he was like, you know, it's, it's a mental thing. He said, I'm seeing something and I'm, you know, I'm making the decision to do it. And I'm just a tad bit late on that. And that's the part like that is stuck in my brain so much. I'm like, I think he sees it. It's just his body's just not like catching up to the thoughts. He's just lost the mobility there, you know, whether, you know, the injury stuff and it, yeah. It, I mean, it's like he has sandbags on his feet at times and it's, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a, going to be a target. It's bad. He did have his most rebounds of the series so far though. Five, That's five. Good. What's the stat muse tweet about Compazzo? <laughs> yes. He passed Compazzo and rebounds per game. 
Uh, anything else you want to point out in this game? We talked about the Bobot switch. The Bobot switch was interesting because it brought out Zubots from the Clippers, which is what the Mavs wanted to do to get yeah. that switch. But then there was nothing else after that. There was no other changes. They tried Trey Burke for a, for a stretch. That's not that's not it, right? Like no. that's not, no. that's not your that can't be your back pocket thing. They they tried Richardson a little bit longer than normal. I'd play I'd play Brunson, you know, twenty eight minutes before I'd play Trey Burke. I need yeah. We have a couple more pods before game five and I'm sure two days you know, off. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have, uh, you know, probably tomorrow's pod. We'll talk about the changes that we think, you know, should happen. Uh, maybe some lineup changes, some starting lineup changes, any of that, because yeah, there's a few things that I think I want to see more Brunson and Luca, but yeah, we, we can, we can talk more about it on tomorrow's pod. Series isn't over two, two feels over, yeah. right? Feels over, but it's not, it's two, two new game. The home team has not won a game yet, so if the, that if that trend continues, the Mavericks will win the series. Yeah, well, that's just math. <laughs> yeah, I mean this the series right now hinges a lot on Luca's health, unfortunately, yeah. and you know can Luca get back to how he's playing those first few games? I mean, honestly, the first three games, and that that's the key to it. And you look at the two games they won. Tim Hardaway outplayed Paul George in these past two games. As much as we like it, a lot. I mean, obviously, Paul George is a better player than Tim Hardaway. Paul George, obviously, is, that's very has, obvious going has, in and playing. Well, he stepped up, and you know he's outplayed Tim these last two games. Just as he Dallas should. Just, they <laughs> they have to have Tim Hardaway, and tonight he had four points. Yesterday or the game three, he had twelve points. They need him to have around twenty every game, and yeah, especially if KP's not giving him twenty twenty five. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Boban was fun though. We had a classic Boban moment with the broom. Let's go. That was, that was great. I just wish that it would have been like they would at least would have been a close game then. It would have been more fun, but it just felt like, uh, okay. yeah, let's be fun. Let's have this. Let's have fun with this again. <laughs> we're we're late in the pot enough to uh, take a shot at Pat Beverly. This guy, My, this guy, I, this I'm, guy. I want to do this too. You're not playing in this series because you're too small. Right, like you play got played off the court because you're too small. Not only because you're too small, but Luka Doncic told you you're too small and told you a lot of other things about you, and you can't even play in the series. But when Jalen Brunson gets shot over by Nick Batum, it's in the second half, and bro, you haven't even checked into the game, and you're over on the sideline doing the too small like celebration. Man, there's something ironic and weird about that. It's just it's I'm like what. Um, I don't know. But. Look at this guy with ten thousand Twitter followers making a good point here. No, oh, did the did your tweet work? <laughs> did I get it? Congrats, ten thousand. The other, I was so I was gonna make fun of Beverly for another thing. Patrick Beverly can't play in this game. Can't play. You're an all defense guy. You can't play in this game. And then you get put in in garbage time. Garbage time with Josh Green and Nicolo Melli, and Daniel Aturu, like guys that just don't play. And he hits an and one over Nicolo Melli and is like, yeah, and one. Walks, like puffs his chest out and walks to the free throw line. You're like, you are not playing in this series. That's what I you, would make You started the series as a starter, and now you're not <laughs> even playing at all. All but. right, there you go. The Mavs obviously lost, but we got our shots in. So. <laughs> Celebrate when you can, right? There you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. KP's happy they're going back to L.A. Oh. They're going to have to contend with Boban. Look at this. Because they're small. And here's Boban scoring. 
His first time on the floor in the series. 